Today is Tuesday, February 13th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm Anna Grace Legband, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin with a prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, Now or Later? Hear now the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 12 through 13. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thornbush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now consider this. The final verses end the chapter with a bang. Everything that has come before this has been building a crescendo to this moment. The thirsty who responded to the invitation come are given a promise, a new way of being in the world, one that's marked by joy and peace. Now, as I read these words, I feel a great sense of longing within me. I feel a disconnect between the present reality of the world and what's talked about here. Perhaps I'm confronted with this so strongly because these attributes are quite literally the antithesis of depression and anxiety, two crises that have reached epidemic level in our current moment and have become defining characteristics of my generation. Now this begs the question, is this promise for now or is it for later? I believe the answer is both. See, the kingdom of God has arrived, but is not yet fully here. The disconnect that I'm feeling is part of the tension of living in the already and not yet of the kingdom. The author of Corinthians described that tension like this. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then 
I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now, joy and peace are fruit born by the Spirit in the lives of believers. Now, creation declares the wonders of God. It's marked by beauty, but it can also be quite brutal. Later, joy and peace are defining characteristics of all creation. Later, the wolf and the lamb will feed together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. What does it look like to live between the times, to exist in the present reality of the kingdom while longing for a future where the kingdom and the king are here in their fullness? I guess the question I'm really getting at is to what extent can we know joy and peace now? As I was wrestling with this question, I came across this quote from A.W. Tozer. He says that true religion confronts earth with heaven and brings eternity to bear upon time. Sometimes when we talk about joy and peace, we tend to view them as fleeting moments of escape from the present moment. But that could not be further from reality. The joy and peace available to us are not just pacifiers that get us through today until Jesus returns. They are eternal realities brought into the temporal realm. They're the real, genuine fruit of an abiding life in step with the Spirit of God. A life that agrees the kingdom is here and prophetically declares the king is coming again. Or as Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grasping this is crucial because of the sheer amount of people for whom it is relevant. According to a 2023 U.S. Census, 49.9% of 18 to 24-year-olds report symptoms of anxiety and or depressive disorder. And although that percentage does decrease a little bit as you get older, 20% of adults 65 and older report the same symptoms. This means that on average, the question, can I really know joy and peace? is pertinent for just over one in three Americans. While these statistics may be discouraging, they also present a great opportunity. The church today holds two potent instruments of witness, joy and peace. Now, thankfully, we don't have to muster up joy or chart the path to peace on our own. The very language of being led forth implies that someone is doing the leading. It should not be lost on us that joy and peace are listed as fruit of the Spirit. Our role is not one of manufacturing, but one of following, a journey of abiding. The Prince of Peace, Jesus, is leading the charge here, carrying us from now to later. 
Our journey through Isaiah 55 began with a simple invitation from God to his people. Come. In the last verses in the Bible, the same word is spoken, but this time the to and from labels are reversed. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Now this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are peace. You are joy. Help me to see you more clearly for who you are. Holy Spirit, bring the joy and the peace of Jesus to me, into the world, through me. Jesus, I receive your kingdom now, and I long for it to come in its fullness later. Amen. Continuing in a posture of prayer, invite the Holy Spirit to guide you as you ask yourself these questions. One, would I describe my church as a joyful and peaceful presence? Two, are there any areas in my life where peace or joy seem to be lacking, or I feel like I have to grasp for them? Spend some time asking the Prince of Peace to speak into those areas, listening to what he might have to say. Three, is there a specific person that I know whose life is devoid of God's peace and joy because they don't know Christ? Spend some time in prayer asking that they would come to know the person of Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit if there's any way that he wants you to participate in that process. Well, friends, it has been such a joy to journey with you these last two weeks on the wake-up call. I've been so encouraged just hearing the stories of how God has spoken to you through this passage and really has woken all of us up through his word as we have read it together. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Anna Grace Lugband, and this is all for The Awakening. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.